Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz. My guest today is Scott Ginsberg. He is the author of 12 books. I'm holding his latest in my hand right here. He is an awesome speaker, award-winning blogger, and producer of NameTagTV.com. He, uh, as many, any of you have read my book, the referral engine. He was a complete nobody until that book came out, and I profiled the story of wearing his uh, name tag uh, every day. Of course, I'm just kidding. Scott, welcome to the show. You made me. <laughs> I had fun telling your story, but uh, I, I suspect there, in fact, I got uh, numerous comments from people. Uh, I know Scott uh, when they read the book, so that, that was fun, and you you were gracious and made a tremendous example or illustration of, of a point I was trying to make. I forget what the point was, but you were brilliant. Well, thank you. I'm still standing by for my royalty check, but I'm sure it'll come. <laughs> you bet. So we, you have, uh, you are... Um, at least in my opinion, one of the most prolific writers uh, that I follow, your content that you put out on a daily basis, and then, of course, your your books. Uh, uh, we're going to talk a little, or at least I'd like to talk a little bit about your, your new book, which is kind of a cool format called Ideas Are Free, Execution is Priceless, and you kind of have the um, um, daily idea or the daily idea about execution and uh, so that's the 366 thing which is pretty I, I think is a really cool format I think anymore it seems like uh, people really uh, seem to kind of rally around that snack size content don't they I agree and I grew up reading devotionals I love them and I write books for me that I want to read so when I had this idea for a business devotional I thought this is perfect yeah and it's e easy to write easy to read people love it and when I show it to people I tell people go read your birthday first and yeah. so they'll flip to you know, June 19th, and then it's like a fortune cookie, and they're like, oh, this is perfect for me, and I'm like, yeah, I wrote this for you. <laughs> that is a great idea. I have yet to flip to my birthday, but uh, that's a, oh, so, as guys... soon as we get off the phone here, that's what I'm going to do, of course. Yeah. Uh, my, my grandmother worked for 50 years for Unity, um, and I don't know if you know that church. Uh, it's based out of Kansas City, actually, and sure. they they um, they have they had the Daily Word. Uh, which they sell to like millions and millions of people. And so we always had the daily word, you know, kind of devotional calendar sitting around our house uh, growing up. So kind of reminds me of that. Um, I get asked <clears throat> quite often when I'm speaking, I bet you do too, people will come up to me either afterwards or in public, you know, during the question session, and they'll say, look, I have this idea, but... I can't tell you about it until <laughs> you sign an NDA, right? Um, and I, you know, I will just often tell them, look, you can tell me anything you want because, I mean, the ideas are as, you know, worthless. It's it's the, you know, it's execution, which actually I think um, is the thing that there's so little of. So um, I, I'm assuming you've probably had people do that to you as well. Um, and so, you know, give me give me some thoughts on you know, I agree completely with uh, the title of this book, but, you know, why why do we have so many people out there that are just, you know, ready, aim, 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 you know, as opposed to actually executing? Right. Exactly. I mean, there's so many different ways that people approach it. There's the ready, aim, fire. There's the um, ready, aim, ready, aim, ready, aim. There's the ready, 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 ready. There's the aim, 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 aim. There's fire, 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 fire. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think any of those work. I think uh, I think there's a sort of a better way to to approach it, and that's kind of what I, I I try to get into with the book is maybe ready aim isn't the best process. I mean, first of all, who says you need to be ready? I I've I've never been ready, 
and I think readiness is overrated. And I think people have this huge bear. Well, I have to be ready. I have to be smart enough. I have to be good enough. I have to have enough money. I have to, have, I have to know how or what I'm doing. No, not really. Um, so there goes the ready part. Aiming, well, I don't know about that. I think it's easier to sort of let the customers aim for you and kind of put it out there and see how it's received. And, and then the idea of fire, well, fire isn't always the best. Suppose you're ready to aim fire. How about listening? How about leveraging? I mean, maybe if we just actually just put it, just shift it, and then we listen to how people respond to it, and then we leverage what we hear, what we're listening to, then we can go back and we can do it right because it's like it's okay to fail quickly and quietly and early in the beginning as long as you're not stopped by not knowing how. And that's a huge problem I think people run into is they they feel like they have to know what they're doing. They have to be ready. And part of execution is kind of getting over that and not being a perfectionist and just putting it out there and seeing what happens. Yeah, and I think that the web, you know, that's one of the things the web has certainly enabled. You know, you, you can take a small little group and test something now and, and nobody gets hurt and you, <coughs> excuse me, you can take, uh, easily take their feedback, uh, their improvements, and you can go back into uh, the lab, you know, open up the hood, fix something, put it back out there again. Right. So, and that's, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just agreeing with you. I think that's the beauty of the whole thing. Yeah. So, of course, I had to turn to my birthday. Um, yeah. uh, while you were answering there, and uh, my birthday happens to be April 2nd, and uh, document as you develop, and of course, you know, if anybody knows me, uh, they know that I talk about marketing as a system, um, and as, as a you know, series of checklists and documenting, and so um, I, I couldn't, I, I, you wrote this just for me, didn't you, Scott? When I sat down, I thought, I have a feeling today might be John's birthday, so... Uh, yeah. So, so talk about that one a little bit. And, and in fact, what I'll do is I'll just—I uh, think this book makes it really easy for me to just grab a couple of them and say, "Okay, expand on that, Scott." Sure. Well, the idea of, of documentation is if you don't write it down, it never happened. And I know that from every idea I've had that I sort of wrote it off, like, "Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it later," or, "Well, it's not that really a good idea. I don't need to write it down." It's like it's not our job to decide if it's a good idea. We just need to write everything down no matter what. And so the documentation process is is essential because who knows if it's going to work. We could come back to it years later. And so every time you develop something, a product, a marketing program, a, a new client system, write it down. I mean, when I built Name Tag TV, I didn't know what I was doing. I just needed to write down what are the lessons I'm learning, how can I get better, and that's that's really how you sort of maximize your ROE or your return on experience You've got to document this stuff down, and we've got to go back and remind ourselves, wait a minute, what did I learn? What did I, what did I screw up? Okay, good. Get that down, and that way we can do better next time. Yeah, and I've hung out with you a little bit, and uh, um, you you are a consummate documenter. I mean, you're constantly. Uh, I sometimes feel like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm being uh, monitored um, when we <laughs> when we we chat. You're constantly writing thoughts down, and and uh, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm. I think you're a great example of that. I, I will tell you also just to add on to that. Um, if if anything ever does take off and you plan to scale it, uh, boy, you, you'll be really thankful that you uh, even wrote down how you did some of the stuff when it comes time to get somebody else to do it. Oh, right. That's one of the reasons I do it is in the event that I need to outsource something, I say, great, here's the 14 steps that are going to make this happen. You're going to do great. Here you go. And, and then you can just relax and they can relax. Yeah. Um, I'm just, because I can, I'm just, I'm randomly picking some. Here's a, here's the next one. Develop massive intolerance for the inconsequential. 
it's a treadmill, and I think people get caught on it on a regular basis, doing stuff that is just absolutely irrelevant. And whether it's uh, checking email too much, and that, that reminds me, I, I did a presentation in Austin yesterday, and I had at least three people in the Q&A part ask about, how do I tame the email beast? How do I, right. how do I get over the email problem? And, and I'm like, what? I don't, I don't understand the question. And I, maybe I'm an anomaly. Maybe I, I, I just know how to get rid of that quicker. But if you don't have a filter for deleting email within two seconds and getting it, and you should know immediately. And it's just whether, and I'm not like a productivity guy, but whether it's email or stuff, it just doesn't matter. We've got to just not tolerate it. And you've got to have a filter. And it's not about productivity. It's about creating a filter for your life and a filter for your business and setting boundaries where you can ask yourself a simple question. Um, is this what I'm about to do in line with my goals? Is what I'm about to do right now going to make me money? Is what I'm doing right now worth my time? And just create a filter so you can say yes or no quickly before you venture down that treadmill and then be like, oh, wow, it's 6 o'clock. I guess I'm done working and I got nothing done. Yeah, I, I think you hit on you know an extremely crucial part of that, though, is is – in order to know what's inconsequential, you have to know what's consequential. <laughs> and so, you know, that's the part that I think trips a lot of people up. Um, sure. Please, I'm going on to another one. I love this one. Please stop parading your poverty. It's easy to complain yeah. about how bad the economy is or how crappy business is. Um, first of all, no one cares. Um, secondly, I don't think it's cool to hate your job because that's another one of those, like, undertoes that we can caught into and it's sort of like we get addicted to the sympathy that people give us when we say how crappy things are and as opposed to saying oh job sucks like you know what uh, I got a I got a great idea how to make this job better or I'm making a transition right now or you know what I've decided to walk away in the next two months from this particular opportunity and then boy am I just chomping the bit to move on so just think of in terms of being approachable, I mean, that's what I talk about. And just think about the types of reactions you get from people. If you can have a more positive approach to it, uh, maybe they might help you execute it. Yeah, and boy, as a business owner, you know, if that's the culture, uh, boy, you can expect that that's going to go, uh, that's going to run downhill pretty fast, isn't it? Sure. It's, it's people in the leadership <laughs> team that are having that kind of attitude. And, um, you know, value, values, whether it's in a family or in a company, values aren't taught, they're caught. All right, expand on that. Well, the leaders might be uh, having, sort of in the back of their mind, they have, well, we have this approach and this philosophy, but if the leaders have an attitude to sort of parading their poverty about the how, you know, how bad business is, the people are going to catch that. You don't have to teach them the corporate value. They're just going to catch it, and they're going to start emulating it. And then, wow, before you know it, you've got 400 people that have a negative attitude, and, oh, wow, no wonder profits suck. Um, but obviously, uh, uh, it goes without saying. You can do the flip side. They can catch. They can catch a good vibe just as easily. Exactly, and it's it all comes down to what do you, as a leader, want to infect your people with. This halftime break is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact helps small businesses and nonprofits build great customer relationships with email marketing, event marketing, and online surveys. Visit them today at constantcontact.com and sign up for your free 60-day trial. There you go. On July 11th, you're asking people to loosen your grip on life. I tried this, what was it, two years ago, maybe three years ago, 
And I'm a control freak. I always have been. And, um, and I, I'm still a control freak, but what happens when you start to surrender control, some cool things start to happen. And I'll give you an example. So Jeff Jarvis wrote the book, What Will Google Do, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal book, in my opinion, one of the most important ones in the past 10 years. Uh, of course, right second to referral engine. Yes. My, list, my <laughs> listeners didn't even need that aside, but I thank you for it anyway. Right. So, so in this book, so uh, Jarvis talks about how Google was so successful because they surrendered and they allowed user-generated content and they allowed people to plug themselves in. And I started doing this um, in my speeches, whether it was not talking the whole time and letting the audience complete my sentences for me, or on Facebook, I do the same thing every day. I do a fill in the blank. And what happens is when you kind of surrender and you're willing to be a little bit vulnerable in business and life. You open yourself to some cool stuff, some new uh, possibilities, and as long as you're willing to listen and to leverage what you hear by loosening your grip on life, um, you you tend to invite some cool stuff into your world. Yeah, um, th- that is you know such a great le- lesson. I think uh, you you mentioned as a speaker. I mean, I think a lot of times. Uh, and I've been guilty of this too. You get up there, and you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, "What if they? What if they really know that I don't know what I'm talking about, or <laughs> if they if they think I'm right. a, a fraud somehow?" And that that, in many cases, as you said, you know, makes you act a certain way, and and maybe not receive what they really need to hear. Yeah, and you've got to be willing to tell them. I mean, I do that every time I give a speech. Um, and I did this this past week for a Fortune 500 company. I got up there and said, "Look, I'm not the expert on this. You guys." This is United Van Lines. You're the expert on the moving industry. I'm not. So what I'm going to do today is talk about these things, and then we're going to do this together. It's not me giving a speech. It's us in this room, and we work together, and everybody shared, and everybody was offering feedback, and I was learning more from them than they were from me, and it was the talk of the entire four-day conference because I surrendered. Yeah, and the cool thing is you got paid to learn. Getting getting paid to learn and surrender like does it get, get much better than that? It doesn't. All right, September ninth. Purpose is the best bread. I'm I'm actually writing working on a book now that that is going to skirt around this idea of purpose. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So this is a devotional, although a business one, and most devotionals come from the faith spiritual world. Right. And bread is a very very common metaphor, uh, more so in the Christian world. But either way, uh, daily bread is a concept. That is your your nourishment. It's what which fuels you. And so the whole idea behind purpose in a in a small business is you've got to know why you're doing what you do. Um, now I'm in my office right now, and I'm looking at my wall, and I have straight in front of me from ceiling to floor called the wall of why, and it is pictures, it's uh, emails from clients or readers of my blog or newspaper articles or just everything that reminds me. Why, do, why the heck do I get up at 5 in the morning every day and do this? And, uh, and what's cool is when you fuel yourself with that purpose, it, it gets you going every single day. And, and like I said earlier, don't be stopped by not knowing how. Be sparked by knowing why. That's the best bread in the world, and it doesn't even need butter. <laughs> That's awesome. I have um, <clears throat> this uh, – are you familiar with Idea Paint? Um, sure. It's this paint that you can – basically paint a giant surface and turn it into a dry erase board. Um, I love it. And uh, I have this 20-foot run of my uh, <laughs> office, the same thing, although mine, I, 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 I love your idea because I do occasionally get the nice email from people, and I should be hanging those up, but I definitely do a lot of jotting of notes on my giant wall. Um, 
Create a non-stick surface for March 5th. March 5th. So this is uh, my mom's birthday, and I had to make sure it was uh, it was appropriate for her. So uh, I was thinking about baking. I was thinking about baking cookies. What do you do when you're baking cookies? You dust the counter with flour because you don't want the dough to stick. And part of being a small business owner, part of being an entrepreneur is you kind of have to kick your own ass. You have to sort of be accountable to yourself. Um, otherwise, you're never going to refuel. You're never going to get into that flow state. And and so because I work in my home, because I work alone, I take breaks every 90 minutes. Um, if I'm cranking out for four hours, if I get into the zone, if I'm working on a, a, a book, I'll go play my guitar for a little while. And I, I think the whole point is we have to take mini vacations. We have to give our brain a break. We sort of unstick ourselves. And if we don't do that, our performance diminishes and then the people that we serve, the people that matter the most, they're going to know it. The um, I, I, I'm going to forget the name of it, but I read uh, um, a little bit of a book uh, years ago that the, the, the idea behind this book was that you worked 25 minutes and, I mean, you literally set a timer. You'd work 25 minutes and then you forced yourself to go five minutes of not work and then you'd come back and you'd, right. you'd plan your entire day that. And, I, and, and I, I know that I agree with that. I find myself sometimes late in the afternoon and I'm thinking, what did I just write? <laughs> you know? Right, right. And you're thinking exactly that. I've, I've got a dog hanging around here somewhere and I, I usually go uh, wrestle around with him for a while. Um. We're getting near the end. October 1st, self-motivation stems from self-knowledge, and I think that's an important distinction. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's possible to motivate anybody. I think we can inspire people to motivate themselves, but ultimately motivation is intrinsic, and to motivate yourself. If you want to get up in the morning and get cracking, if you're going through a tough time with the economy, there's a couple questions you should ask yourself, and I wrote a few of these down. Um, so a big one for me is, is this supporting my empire? So if you get an opportunity presented to you for a joint venture or a new project, just ask yourself, well, I don't know. I mean, if it doesn't support my empire, I'm not going to do it. If this is a choice that's just going to rob me of my time and my energy, I'm not going to do it. And if this is a decision that's going to move me farther away from my values, I'm just I'm not going to do it. And part of being successful as a business person is you've got to be a great decider. You've got to know how to decide and not necessarily choose. Those are two different things. Decisions or agreements, choosing or tests of those agreements. So you've got to know how to decide and you've got to know how to choose as a result of deciding. You do that, you'll motivate the hell out of yourself. Yeah, and you know that, that filter, um, if people get used to using it, and I suspect you're good at using it, it also takes all the stress away. You know, gosh, am I passing up an opportunity? Did I, you know, is that person going right. to hate me? You know, I mean, it just it just makes it really easy for you to go, hey, you know what? I did the calculation, and the calculation said no. And I think the key to doing that is you let people know. It's you do it for two reasons. You say out of respect for my own boundaries and also respect for your time. It's important that I let you know. Here are the reasons why we can't make this work, A, B, C, in accordance to my values. So thank you so much for the great chance, and who knows, maybe another time. Uh, currently, I will be respectfully declining. Yeah, I actually, um, when my last book came out, I was going kind of crazy, and I finally just started telling people, I'm saying no because I haven't said no to anyone for a while. <laughs> and, nice. And you're just it you know, today. Yeah, you, you're looking to draw. Yeah, and it's, it's the, old, uh, the old Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup. It's, I'm not saying no to you. I'm saying yes to me. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, let's end up on this one. Or maybe, no, this is, this is a good one, but I'll find another one to end up on. This isn't a good one to end on. Teams degrade, right. de teams degrade decision quality. 
so there's this book uh, doing research back in the 70s about teams and about um, decisions. And it turns out that we're sort of seduced into this like romantic idea that you know together everyone achieves more or whatever team stands for. And uh, I'm not against teams. I'm not against working with other people. I think one of the barriers to execution is waiting. And it's the old Emerson or Thoreau, whoever said, um, the man who goes alone can start today. So the question is, do you really need seven people on this project, or are you doing that to sort of preserve the illusion of control and teamwork because you'd feel bad if it was just two? And you don't want the quality of your decisions to go down because there's one person at the end of the table who always has to hate everything. So... Uh, and this is, this is coming from a guy who works alone, and it's easy for me to say because I, I kind of run the show and I'm the only shot caller. Uh, but the question is, you know, how many bad decisions have you made because you're like delegating confidence to the group? Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm imagining the sort of mid-level people in uh, large organizations are all standing up cheering right now. Oh, good. Then they can <laughs> hire me. Perfect. <laughs> The day after Christmas, uh, <laughs> when the finish line is in plain sight, look out. I think right. that's a good place to end today. Cool. you got to tell me about that one, though. Uh, do I have to? You do. What day is that? December 26th, the day after uh, Christmas. Uh. So, you know, the the idea here, you've done a great job, but I... I have to tell you, um, I've had authors on before, and I've said, what did you mean by this? And they kind of go, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> I wrote that book 18 months ago. I don't know what you're talking about. So, uh, I, you know, the the, base, the premise of this one is, uh, you know, people, it's, it's that last 10%. People start getting cocky, and, uh, and you know, that's sure. where the wheels can fall off. It's easy to happen, and I think it's a principle of physics, if I recall, Um a friend of mine who's big into physics and science and all this stuff talks about uh, threshold level. And it's like, you're right there. You're on the cusp of executing. You're so close. And it's that, it's that lizard brain that Seth Godin talks about, or it's that force. It's the resistance that says, eh, not so fast. You're so close, but not quite. And I, I think what's key is when you're executing something, when you're taking action on something that matters and you're right there, you are so close, look out. Because there's something out there, there's a person out there, there's the resistance that's going to try to stop you. Because the resistance knows it's about to lose and it freaks out. It says, oh no, oh man, Ginsburg's going to write another book. Hang on, we got to, uh, uh, let's get him into a car accident or something like that. <laughs> well, or, or, you know, how many times have you seen, um, you know, in, in a football game, you know, guy intercepts a sure. pass runs it back 70 yards and 10 yards from the end zone, he starts holding the ball up, right? And, and it right. You know, falls out of his head. <laughs> I know. It, it, and, but how many times in business did people high-step at the 10-yard line right. and then fumble? And it's, right. it's complacency, and it's, you've got to sort of knock yourself off your pedestal, and you've got to install enough humility to say, okay, uh, don't, don't get cocky, we're almost there, we can, we can celebrate later, but for now... Let's wait until we get in the end zone, because if you do that, people are going to tell, and they're going to see that as a vulnerable spot, and that's like the, the weakness and the Death Star, and they're going to yeah. beam you. I'm talking with, hello, my name is Scott, Scott Ginsburg. We're talking about ideas are free, execution is priceless, and last thought, Scott, pool host is going to look really nice in royal blue, isn't he? Oh, wow. I, I think I just heard the sound of my heart breaking. Wow. <laughs> Couldn't resist myself. Uh, so, Scott, uh, always great to talk with you. We could probably, in fact, I'm certain my listeners would enjoy riffing on this for a couple more hours, but uh, I'm out of time, and I know you got to get back to it, too. So 
Thanks for taking the time to join me as always. And this is John Jantz, Duct Tape Marketing, telling you guys to make good choices. See you, Scott. Later, man.